Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Ladies and gentlemen, Red Nation, welcome to another episode of The Dream Take, presented by The Dream Shake, and we are here with our very first episode on Green Room. Yes, we are officially part of Green Room. It's the exact same thing as Locker Room, but they have merged officially with Spotify, and we're super excited for the birth of Green Room, and we're super excited for what this means for the platform, what this means for podcasting in general. They are really changing the face of podcasting and what it means. So this is where we're going to host our our podcasts, at least for the foreseeable future. And I'd be super excited if we had live listeners. Uh, we, We will continue to do these kind of locker room chats as well. And it's similar to the locker room that we've been doing. But now it's just on a wider platform. So I'm going to wait here for Michael Brown, my co-pilot, to join me. I just sent him an invite. I also have sent our guest for today to talk about Kate Cunningham. A bit of a, uh, I sent her a request as well. So we will get started shortly once we get those two up here on stage. And it's nice to see some familiar faces from locker rooms days some new faces as well and of course my co-pilot michael brown has entered the stage michael brown welcome to green room and welcome to another episode of the dream take how are you what up brother um doing very well on this thursday evening we are less than a week away from our biggest day of the off season in a very very long time uh the draft lottery takes place 7 30 p.m central time on Tuesday, and it's going to be a very, it's going to be either a really good day or a really not so good day. Yeah, I mean, you said it yourself that this day is massive. I There's two hurdles to clear, right? I think Rockets Nation will sigh a relief when we get into the top four, but then we start to party if we get number one. Do you agree with that statement? Absolutely. It's going to be quite the day. And, you know, we would love to have the number one pick because it means it very well likely means Cade Cunningham will be coming to Houston. And it means we'll probably get to talk to our guest a little bit more often and collaborate with her. We're welcoming Micah Allen on to the stage and to the dream take today. She is the managing editor over at our sister site. Cowboys ride for free, all things Oklahoma State on SBNation.com. Micah, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day, joining the show. How are you on this Thursday? Is he, Micah, can you hear us? It appears that we have some technical difficulties with Micah. Hopefully we can get those sorted out. But for the meantime, I mean, we've had a quite a busy day. I can't. Especially... Oh, there's Micah. I can hear you. Welcome. Welcome. Now, I think we have her, Jeremy. I'm not sure, but I think. <laughs> so, Micah, how are you? And uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. 
So I'm I'm great. Um, I have been um, the site manager over at Cabo Cabo Jack Free for about two or three years now. Um, graduated from Oklahoma State. Uh, I actually have two degrees from Oklahoma State now. I just recently graduated with my master's in mass communications from Oklahoma State in May. So, um, yeah, just happy to be here. Absolutely. Well, welcome to the show. We're really excited to have you. And then talk some Cade Cunningham. You know, it's been a while since. Oklahoma State has had a real high prospect in men's basketball. You know, I think I remember Marcus Smart was the top 10 pick. That was about eight or nine years ago. But Kate Cunningham is about 99.9% going to be that number one pick. So how do you feel? What was the vibe like around Oklahoma State this year, knowing that you had such a high-profile player in in your backyard? Um, You know, part of... Part of it was super exciting. You know, you don't get a chance to watch a player like Cade Cunningham every day. Um, you don't get a chance to cover a Cade Cunningham every day. So it's been, you know, an honor and a privilege to get to cover him for the season that he was at Oklahoma State. Um, it was super fun. Um, you know, and, and, and the expectation with a player like Cade Cunningham is, you know, making it to the dance. And that's that's what they did. Um, you know, unfortunately got – you know, knocked out in the second round, but, you know, they made it, which is something we hadn't done since, I believe, 2017. Um, you know, so it had been a while since we, we made it into March Madness, and that was crazy exciting. Um, you know, so it was it was a blast. It was a blast having someone like Cade, you know, in Stillwater for a season. And, um, you know, we're excited to see where his career goes from here. When you – Micah, thank you so much for joining the show. Um when you look at a guy like Kate Cunningham, you know, the if you're going to be a number one overall pick in the draft, the franchise that gets that player looks to that player as, you know, the savior. You know, can this player alter the fortunes right. of the franchise? Watching him for this past year, if the Rockets were to land Kate at number one, do you feel like he has what it takes at the next level to be not only a, a good player, but be a great player? player, a Kevin Durant type player, a James Harden type player. Is that in his DNA or do you think he's going to be more of a really good player, but he needs to play alongside another alpha for that franchise to have postseason success for years to come? Um, I, I definitely think Cade has that in him, um, you know, especially toward the end of the season last year. It, it felt like toward the end of the regular season, it really felt like he had figured it out. Um, he was that dude for us. You know, he could be that that clutch player. Um, and, you know, I think that it, it might take a little bit to get that out of him. Um, and, you know, it, he may need a little bit of work um, just because of, you know, your first season in the NBA, you know, you, you get the nerves and stuff. He's never, you know, his his college season was unfortunately, you know, kind of different because of COVID. Um, you know, he's never played in front of a capacity uh, capacity arena, so um, he's got he's kind of gonna have to get that experience. Um, but yeah, you know, I definitely think he has that in him for sure. Yeah, so the thing with Cade is we all kind of, like, I guess, correct me if I'm wrong, Micah, like, this is kind of what I see when I think of Cade Cunningham, right? He's 6'8", 
He can guard multiple positions. He's very similar to Luca in that regard, where he can he can be a floor general. He can create his own shot. He can maneuver the offense however he sees fit. And that is exactly what you want in today's NBA. He can do pretty much everything, which makes him the runaway number one pick option in this draft. And I think there's very few flaws to him. And he's the kind of guy that can immediately put you in a position to at least make the playoffs and contend. Like, he's, he's such a floor raiser to me that... It's, it's like, idiotic to not take this guy number one. Right. It's actually interesting. So my number one complaint about Cade is that he's almost too unselfish. <laughs> interesting. Um, you know, like, there there were times... Um, there were times last season where he would have a shot, and I'm like, Cade, take that. And he would pass it. In, in, in my, like, you know, very limited exposure to him, yeah. Like, my very limited exposure to Kate, sorry to cut you off, but it very much seemed like in, I want to say it was the game they were eliminated in in March Madness. It was, like, it, it felt like Cade should have been taking over the game, and it kind of felt like he was deferring a lot to his teammates. Right. Right. So he needs to learn to just, to just be confident, and he needs to build his confidence up a little bit, I think. Um, is part of that, and, you know, he'll get there. I, I have no doubt that he will have, you know, good coaches that will work with him on that, and, you know, that'll get fixed. But, yeah, that was always – that was my number one complaint during the season is the issue is that he was almost too unselfish. Micah, I, I've watched a lot of tape over the past couple of days of, of Kate Cunningham, and the one guy in today's NBA that I compare him to is Jason Tatum for the Celtics. Do you see any correlation there? And if oh, yeah. not, do you see, you know, maybe some, you know, man, another player or two that their game correlates, you know, similarly? Oh, I, mean, I think Jason Tatum's a really, really good, really good comparison. Um, I, I have no complaints about that comparison at all. I think that he could definitely be a Jason Tatum type player for sure. It, it's his ability. I, it's it's very similar to what you said before that Jason Tatum took a year or two in the league to find his footing, but once he found his footing, the dude is a superstar. Do right. you do you have an area or two that immediately he's going to need to work on at the next level? I mean, he shot forty percent from three from uh, the three point line last year at Oklahoma State, which is outstanding, and, right. and especially in today's NBA, that you have to be able to shoot the three ball. At his size, at 6'8", very few guys are going to be able to contest his shot at the three-point line. But do you see maybe an area or two where whoever gets Cade will look at and say he's got to improve in these areas to take that next step in his game? Um, I know that it's he needs to get... Uh, just for lack of a better terminology, he needs to build his swag. Um, you know, today's NBA is very much about, about having that swag. You know, you, you don't become a LeBron James by being humble. You know what I mean? Um, and so I, I think that, like I was talking about earlier, I think there are times where he's just a little bit un- too unselfish. Um, he needs to learn that if he has a shot, just take it, you know? Um, and, and 
I think that's the that's his biggest Achilles heel, um, in my opinion, and what he's going to need to work on first and foremost. The thing with the thing with Cade is I, I kind of see where more Mike is coming from because you know Cade has all the tools, he has all of the intangibles, he has everything you could ask for in a basketball player. He is, you know, like I mentioned earlier, he his size is perfect. He's six eight. He's big enough to where he can drive. He can kind of bully guys in the paint, and he can get his own shot. And also, he can he can dish off to to teammates and such. The one thing that I noticed when I was looking up numbers and such for uh, for Cade is that his usage rate is close to thirty percent. And so we kind of discussed this a little bit on our last episode when we discussed Evan Mobley, where we were kind of concerned about whether the fit with uh, with Evan Mobley and Christian Wood and how would those two coexist. And when it comes to Kate Cunningham, the same like questions arise between him and Kevin Porter. And with Kevin Porter, he is the future of the Rockets, in, in my opinion, because he, he's young enough and he's talented enough. He dropped 50 points in a game this year. Like he is that dude and he has the ability to be a number one option for us moving forward but then again so is Cade like it's very difficult for me to see Cade as like a number two option so like I'm gonna ask you that Micah like how was it I know you say like he's this there's unselfish part of Cade but in reality like the the Cowboys succeeded most when the ball was in Cade's hands so how do you think that will translate to the next level? That's a great question. I definitely think that there's, that there's, there's, it's interesting because there was not another Cade on the Cowboys. I mean, I guess the closest you could say was Isaac Likely. Um, But Isaac Likely didn't have a great year. He kind of struggled a bit last year. Um, you know, he was on a team that had players that had really good players. You know, like you had the Boone twins, you had Avery Anderson. Um, but, but it's going to be interesting to see him on a team that has other players at his level, right? Like it's going to be interesting to see how he compares to other superstars. Um, you know, and, and I think that he's going to have to do a little bit of, um, showing off in order to kind of get the attention that he deserves when there are other people that are like him, if that makes sense. Um, but I definitely think it will translate. I definitely think his game does translate to the NBA. I think he'll be, uh, I think he'll be a really, really good NBA player. Um, but yeah, he's just going to have to, he's just going to have to show up a little bit. Um, he's going to have to have a 40 point bedlam game, you know, that, that game, I believe it was the first game against OU. He just kind of was like, I'm taking this game. It's mine. Period. End of discussion. And and he needs to do more of that. Um, when I was watching that game, I was like, yes, that is what you need. That came. That is, that is the game that you need to be having. You need to take this over, say this is mine, and and just, just, just go for it. And, you know, um, when he does that, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. One quick question that I have. I don't know how familiar you are with Kevin Porter's game, uh, you know, since he became a Houston Rocket. Do you think that a guy like Cade Cunningham would benefit from being alongside a guy like Kevin Porter and allowing 
the two of them to essentially grow up together. You know, Kevin Porter's only 21 years old. Do you feel like a talent like Cade Cunningham is best off learning to grow with a fellow star guard? Or do you feel like he would be better off in a situation where he can come in right away, be the man, be the go-to guy, learn how to be that superstar by himself with a veteran leadership type guy next to him, i.e. a guy like, uh, I'm trying to think, Jeremy, help me out here. I mean, if, if he ended up in a city with a guard, you know, a veteran guard who's, you know, late 20s, early 30s, what do you think? Like, like Portland? Uh, yeah, yeah, kind of like Portland like a, with Dame or, like, you know. I mean, like Dane and CJ. Like, the thing with Dane and CJ, though, is they've had a lot of, you know, criticism as well because CJ has not been able to fully, you know, I guess, immerse himself and, and kind of, you know, he fits with Dane well enough to make it to, you know, the first round, but not enough to be, like, that championship contender. And to be honest, the Rockets should be striving for better than Dame and CJ, in my, in my opinion. And I also think that, there are lineups in which Cade can play because he is six eight. You know, I think there, I you know, there is a point guard in that six eight body, but also, I guess, Micah was. Were there more lineups where Cade was like the the prototype one, or was he in like three guard lineups a lot? Was like how often would Cade be like? I guess the point guard, if you will. I hate using like positions because we live in a positionless NBA, but is Cade a like? strictly a point guard or can he be seen as maybe a two or a three i think he could definitely be seen as a two or a three and and kind of going off of michael's question you know i think that he would definitely benefit from growing up alongside somebody you know i think about you know on this oklahoma state team he had kind of he could grow up with avery um and and isaac likely and the boone twins um they kind of all grew up together and got really close. Um, and, and I, I loved seeing that relationship grow. Um, I think that he would benefit from having, you know, a, a, a quarter type player to grow up alongside. I, I, I think that, you know, he, 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 Kate is very mature for his age. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but like he's a dad. The three year old um, daughter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so he's he's uh, he's he's got a little bit more maturity than I think some of your typical rookies might have. Um, so I don't think that he necessarily needs a veteran to grow up alongside, if that makes sense. Um, but I definitely think he would benefit from having somebody to grow up alongside and kind of have that have that player to to be kind of a Splash Brothers type situation with. I think that would be super cool to see. Yeah, I'm going to throw it now to our audience who has hit their request buttons. Um, although it appears that all of the people with request buttons have decided to uh, dip out for a sec. So I guess uh, moving right back into this, if anyone that's currently in the chat would like to come up, feel free to hit that request hand down below on the screen. Or if you are not wanting to come up and you want to just kind of throw your question, you can do so as well in the chat by swiping your screen right. Uh, I know we have a lot of new people here coming in from from outside like Clubhouse and, and Twitter spaces that are joining this new app. So it's very new for a lot of people. I'm really excited to see uh, new people joining in on our rooms. It's really nice to see. But I guess I'll I'll talk a little bit more about 
the uh, conversations that we've been throwing in the chat. So Charles is talking about how he feels like Tatum is not the same level of playmaker that Cade is. And I would say that, you know, I, I would personally be totally cool if, if Jason Tatum was on the Rockets. I would be totally fine if he was our primary playmaker. So the fact that Cade's on another level, like, I would totally be thrilled with that. And he feels that LaMelo Ball is a decent uh, comparison. LaMelo Ball, the reigning uh, rookie of the year. So, I mean, the thing with LaMelo, though, is he's very similar in size to Cade Cunningham. LaMelo being 6'6", Cade being 6'8". They're very lean. The only thing, though, that concerns me about Cade is his three-point shot. I'm a little concerned that he isn't shooting threes at a total proper clip. I, I haven't exactly... Like, Michael, would you consider Cade to be a good three-point shooter, or a great three-point shooter, or an average three-point shooter? Like, how was... What was his percentages like? Do you have that off the top of your head? Yeah, he shot 40% from three. 40%. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that, last that's year. really, really, really good. But the, th- but yeah. the thing is, you're, he only he shot six, three, 5.7 threes per game. So I like that number at the next level, but I don't love that number at the next level. And I think that number is going to go up if he ends up on the Rockets because the Rockets are going to score a lot of points. If you have Kevin Porter Jr. and Kate Cunningham in the same backcourt, you're going to be running and gunning the entire game, which I love. I think that three-point number for him will move to probably seven to nine next year. And if he shoots above 35% with those numbers, he's going to do really well at the next level. I mean, considering right. the Rockets I, were, I kind yeah. of, Go ahead, Micah. I kind of noticed the more – the games that Cade was taking those three-point shots were the games that Oklahoma State, you know, kind of – not ran away with, but had you felt really good about. If Cade was taking those shots, you felt really good about the game. It was the games that Cade would, would get kind of timid and not take the shots that you would that you would see Oklahoma State either you know just squeak by a game or even lose a game. So I definitely think he needs to up that a little bit for sure in the next level. There are guys like Gerald Green and Armani Brooks that really don't care if they go 0 for 24, they're still shooting a 25th three. And that's important. Like, we really needed guys like that. Like, Mike, you know, when, when Armani Brooks came into the Rockets, he felt like such a breath of fresh air because he was unafraid to take those shots. He was given the green light. And I do think that if you draft your, a player number one overall, regardless of where he goes, whether he goes to Houston or not, Cade's going to be given the green light. Like, he totally should be right. the best player on whichever team he goes to. Like, I can't imagine there's a team in the lottery where Cade would not be the best player wherever he goes. He's going to well, be the best I, player regardless, you know, and he is the face of whichever franchise gets that lucky number one ping pong ball on Tuesday. Well, and I, I, I got to give credit to our head men's head basketball coach, Mike Boynton, who kind of, I think, knew going in that Cade was going to, to be what he is, right? Like, and sort of gave him the green light at the college level so he could kind of get that experience, you know. Um, so shout out to Coach Mike for kind of knowing how to deal with that sort of player and, and, and I think handling it really well because those kind of players can typically be a bit hard to coach, um, you know, just because you don't want to get too invested in them because they're only going to be there a season, you know, but at the same time, you know, you you want to, 
develop them into the the best player you can you can and you know things like that so i i just i want to give credit to coach mike for doing a great job with kids but yeah <laughs> i think talking you brought up armani brooks jeremy armani brooks would be a guy that would so benefit from Cade cunningham joining the rockets because not only do you have kevin porter jr who can create his own shot and get to the rim Cade cunningham is the type of guy that defenses will focus on and collapse defenses on which will open up just an infinite number of open shots for Armani a guy. Armani becomes our Joe Harris at this point. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Armani, <laughs> and Armani Brooks still has a ways to go physically. Um, Mike, I, I, the question I have for you is I know that, that Cade is 6'8". Do you mm-hmm. feel like his body type – I mean, you look at him and he looks the part – in my right. opinion, like if he gets to the next level, I think he could benefit just like Jason Tatum did when he got to the league. I hate to keep going back to Tatum. It looks like Cade needs to put on about ten to fifteen pounds of muscle. Right. To he's going to need it at the next level. The way he plays, the way he tries to create space in between the lane and the three point line, that's not going to work as easy as it did at the collegiate level. Right. Body type wise, do you agree with that sentiment or do you feel like the way he is now he's he's pretty well off the guy he's gonna be when he gets to the league i i would definitely agree that he needs to put on some muscle um you know i i and it's it's pretty funny so he is a he's a large dude like i have seen him on campus and i'm 411 (laughs) (laughs) and so it, it, I just like I saw him and I was just like he is literally two of me <laughs> um, but I definitely think he could benefit from putting on some muscle he's got the height for sure but I think he could benefit from 10 to 15 pounds of muscle definitely um, just and, the one thing yeah sorry Micah and the NBA you know I have no doubt that the NBA strength and conditioning coaches would work with him and you know get those 10 pounds of muscle that he needed the thing is he's only 19 like he might not be done growing yet honestly and the thing with Cade is he's not the best athlete in the draft. There are definitely better athletes in the draft. I'd say Evan Mobley mm-hmm. is probably a stronger athlete than, than Cade is. I'd say that Jalen Green is probably the, one of the most gifted athletes in the class. But the thing with Cade is Cade has the, the basketball intangibles just that are on a different level to where he raises that floor for whichever team he joins. And I think that with him, it's it's something that you kind of just have to let him. That that's going to be what he needs to work on when he gets to the NBA is is more of his athleticism, and that's something that I think all of the Rockets could benefit from. And you know, the thing is, these guys that are coming in from college, they're playing kids. When you get to the NBA, you're playing grown ass men, and that is that that's always the challenge for for these guys and especially now because it seems like you know it just seems like the athletes types are the ones you find later in the first round because and you take the the athletic upside but when you're drafting at the top you're drafting the best basketball talent and that's what Kate is Kate is the best basketball talent in this draft there's there's no questions asked he's been the number one pick in this draft I want to say for about two or three years at this point like he has been the rejected number one pick since I, you know, since the Rockets were 65 and 17. Like, that, that's how long Kate has been the number one pick in this draft. And think about it. When we were 65 and, eight, and 17, one went away from the NBA Finals. You didn't think Kate Cunningham was going to be coming to Houston at that time. But now, it's, it's incredibly different. 
Uh, why, why do you have to? Why do you have to bring that up? Well, why do you? Have, why do you have to do that? Like why? I'm ha- I'm having a really good day. You had to bring it up. Uh, well, I'm saying this. Also, who was the worst team that year? Phoenix. Oh. Phoenix was the worst team that year, and look at them now. Phoenix is the best team in the NBA, in my opinion, right now. Me over here as a me over here as a Dallas sports fan, being like, Mwah. oh yeah, we played that reverse Uno part on y'all. Let me tell you that. So, well, okay. So, talk going back to the draft real quick, Jeremy. Do you feel like, and Micah, and Mike, I want you to answer this first. Do you feel like if Cade Cunningham came out of last year, he would have been the number one pick over Anthony Edwards and over uh, what Lamelo Ball and James Weissman? Probably not. Oh, I would say absolutely yes. I would say I, I absolutely guess just, yes. I guess I'm just I guess I'm just looking at it because I'm a pessimistic LSU fan. <laughs> but I would yeah. say absolutely he would have been the number one pick in the twenty nine in the twenty twenty draft. Twenty nineteen I would have taken Zion. Twenty eighteen considering how, you know, looking now, like Luca should be that number one pick, I probably would have taken Luca Luca and Kate are very similar. That's the thing is that's probably my biggest comparison. If we look at how Luca is now, the thing with Luca though is he has the European background. He's been playing professional ball a lot longer than than Cade has. So I think that's why I would take Luke. like Luca should have been number one in that draft period. But honestly, if he was part of that draft, I probably would have gone Luca, Cade, Trey, Aiton. Like that would have been my top four in that draft. Um, love, that draft love, was incredibly botched, in my opinion. Love the OSU player going above a Sooner. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. No, the hell no. But uh, I'll ask you that. This, that's, uh, that Sooner's about to be in the Eastern Conference Finals, though. So. I'll ask you this, Mike. Uh, one last question before we sign off here. But I- I'll say this. Where do you hope Cade goes? Now, I'll remind you, this is a Houston Rockets podcast. But you are from <laughs> Dallas, so I know that you probably wouldn't feel that. But... Just genuinely, I know I put a lot of pressure on you there, but where do you hope Cade goes? Like, where do you think, where would you be most excited for him to go? So, I am from Dallas, but my parents are from Houston. Um, my dad has been a Houston Rockets fan since the Hakeem Olajuwon days. Um, and, you know, um, I think it would be really cool to have another reason to pull for the Rockets again. I think that would be super dope. Um so I, I would love to see Cade go to Houston. And I don't say that just because... Absolutely. Is Correct answer. Listening. Thank you, Mike. This is a- <laughs> I, hope, I hope your dad's listening. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I, I would love to have another reason to pull for the Rockets. I will never pull for the Houston Astros, but I would be okay pulling for the Rockets. <laughs> all, right. all right. That's enough for the show. But, Mike, thank you so much for coming to talk Cade with us. Uh, feel free to uh, drop anything you're working on right now. Uh, the the floor is yours for you to share anything you're working on and tell the listeners a little bit about where they can find you. So you can find me on Twitter at MicahAllen18. That's my personal Twitter. Um, you can follow Cowboys Retro Free. We'll probably do um, some pieces on Cade leading up to the draft. Um, so you can follow that at CowboysRFF um, on Twitter. And then... Um, Follow the site, uh, www.cowboysrideforfree.com. Um, and I think that's pretty much all I have to plug. <laughs> Absolutely. That's our sister site over there, Cowboys Ride for Free. Uh, sister site of thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. It's lovely to have this SB Nation camaraderie, even if we mm-hmm. do come from 
two very different parts of the whole pie that makes SB Nation. So I'm really glad that we were able to have this uh, conversation, Micah. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to send you to the audience right now, and Mike and I are going to do the second half of our show. All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. So, Mike, we are going to kind of transition this a little bit into what's been going on with Luca a little bit. I didn't want Micah to be on stage to have to listen to all that Dallas slander. So this is your opportunity, Mike. I didn't think we were going to get to this point in the show, but I'm going to give you the opportunity to uh, say whatever you want to say about Dallas and to get anything off of your chest. This is, uh, you know, I guess a little bit of an after dark version of of the dream take. So that is, is so dangerous. Mike. I know you're going to bring it. So, the- so I'm going to I'm going to bring in an aspect of the show that we don't talk about very often, and that's the Houston Texans. Because the Dallas Mavericks have a problem that the Texans have right now. And a guy named Jack Easterby. Jack Easterby, do I have that right, Jeremy? Uh, the Easter Bunny, yeah. Easter Bunny, right? This is a guy who basically came into the front office for the Houston Texans, got the ear of the most important guy in the building, and that's the owner, Cal McNair, and basically turned the franchise on its head. Players started to turn on the franchise. Coaches started to turn on this guy because they thought he was a snake. The Dallas Mavericks have a guy in the front office right now that has done the exact same thing. And I'm going to look up his name here in a minute. And if Jeremy, if Horalbos Vulgaris, yeah, Horalbos Vulgaris. Okay. This guy has completely gotten the ear of, uh, uh, what's his name? Mark Cuban. And you're going to tell me in a span of, what, 48 hours, the Dallas Mavericks have lost Don Nelson, the son, or his name is Donning Nelson, who is the son of legendary NBA man Don Nelson. He was with the franchise for 24 years. He ups and leaves. The Texans lost their president, Jamie Roots, as a result of the direction of the franchise. The Dallas Mavericks have now lost Rick Carlisle, because Luca is upset with the front office, and that probably created tension between Luca and Rick Carlisle. This guy, Volgaris, has turned the Dallas Mavericks on its head, and I am here for every single second of this, for lack of a better term, crap storm that is going on with the Dallas Mavericks, because this is not going away. Mark Cuban has doubled down on Volgaris and has taken the side of Volgaris in this entire thing, and it's cost him Don Nelson and Rick Carlisle. Now, what happens with Luka Doncic? You can't replace Rick Carlisle with one guy on the open market right now that is better than Rick Carlisle. There's not one guy, Jeremy. Do you agree or disagree with that? Oh, statement? I 100% agree. And the thing is, I also believe that there because there was that talk at, right after they had lost Game 7 against the Clippers about how there was all of this discourse with, uh, you know, is Rick going to stay or not? And then Rick was like, I don't know, go talk to Mark. And then Mark was like, no, why would we, you know, do that? And the thing is, I think Mark realized, like, and the reason why Rick Carlisle has not been fired yet is because you're really not going to get a better guy on no. uh, to replace him. And, you know, why would you replace him? And the thing with Dallas is they've been such a stable ground of, you know, success they they really have oh, to, to oh, go through. Don't go there. Don't 
Don't go there. Well, they really they haven't. They've been not a dumpster fire for okay. a good since Mark Cuban was there. You know they they sell out. They've sold out like majority of you know. They, do they still have that sellout streak? Like they've had a years long sellout streak there for a very long time. And while yes, in recent years, I, I can't remember the last time they made it out of the first round. But I'll say this: like when I think of Dallas, I think of a one of the one of the top organizations in in not just the NBA but in sports. Mark Cuban does a really good job with them, and so to see all of this happen to them just feels very. It feels weird. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. It feels weird. It feels good. On well, I don't want to say it feels good because that makes me sound a bit cynical. Because I don't want to bask in anyone's pain. I didn't like it when people were basking in the glory of the Rockets, you know, self-destruction. So I don't want to be that guy. I mean, but also, in the back of my head, like, it does feel a little nice that the chaos train is no longer on our back. And the thing is, I don't want that to bite me in the ass when everyone is coming for us next week if the Rockets don't get that pick. Because I'll tell you this. I don't think the Dallas drama that's going on is really as serious as people say it is. Luca has not claimed that he wants to trade, you know, and even if he did, there's still so many years left on his contract uh, beyond his first contract that he can sign a Supermax for this offseason for $200 plus million. And even after that, you know, he could become a restricted free agent and then sign with anyone and Dallas will have the opportunity to match. So it's not like he's going to be leaving Dallas anytime soon. So the thing is, I think Luca has gone to Slovenia. He's hoping to make the Olympics with his national team. And he's focused on that right now. I don't think he really cares much about Dallas. He's no, he's not there. He's not anywhere. He's thousands and thousands of miles away from Dallas. That's not his primary concern right now. And then once the Olympics comes and goes and we start getting closer to training camp, then I think we are going to start to see more about, what really is going on in Luca's head. But the thing is, I know a lot of people, I've seen it, I know a lot of people that listen to us are on Rockets Twitter, and there have definitely been some circulations of that Luca Rockets Photoshop, and I want to <laughs> put this to bed. As much as I would love Luca, it would be amazing. And yes, there is a Steven Silas connection, and you know, there was the report that Luca was upset when Steven Silas left and he really enjoyed playing for Steven Silas. But I'll tell you this, if Luca in, in a world that does look in a trade request that doesn't exist yet, if Luca were to even request a trade, the last place Mark Cuban would push a trade for Luca would be, would be San Antonio. But then the second place would be Houston. There's no way Mark Cuban is trading Luca in state. I don't care if Luca says, you know, hey, I want to go to the Rockets. Well, then go there in free agency. He's not going to trade him directly to them, even if, you know, he's going to get that. And I hate this discourse of, oh, well, you know, stars can push wherever they want to go. Because, yes, you know, while James Harden did that, while Anthony Davis was able to do that, uh, Kawhi didn't get that. Kawhi got traded to Toronto. So let me... I want to go back to something that you said because it's not been all roses in Dallas over the past six or seven years. They've been involved in not one, but two sexual assault allegations that spread through the organization fairly quickly. They haven't been out of the first round in the past six years and they did win their title back in 05, but that roster. No, oh, 2011, Mike. 
2011. Sorry, my apologies, not 05. Uh, 2011. So it's been 10 years since the, the championship. Rick Carlisle is a fantastic coach, but it, in my eyes, if, if you were Rick Carlisle, would you rather be in Dallas or in Milwaukee? Well, because we I, talked about that, you know, directly. It's not even close. It's Milwaukee every single the, day of the week. It's very rare for an NBA coach to stay in one place for as long as Rick Carlisle has. I want to say he's the second or third longest tenured coach in the NBA behind Pop and then, I guess, Eric Spolstra. I'm not sure. Like, maybe him and Eric Spolstra came in the same year. So, like, to be a coach for even, you know, five years in one place, I feel like is a long time. And we haven't had a Rockets coach that's lasted five years since uh, since Rudy T. So, like, <laughs> yeah, because none, none of them have done anything of significance. Well, exactly, so it makes but sense. Even but the, that, okay, yeah. Sogers in the chat, he said Carlisle was third, Terry Stotts was fourth, and he's no longer there. Brad Stevens was fifth, he's no longer there. So that's the thing. It is what's three long term head coaches that have been there for eight plus years that have moved on. It's really hard to be in one place at one time. Like Mike, how long? Have you been in one place of employment? Like, uh, what's the longest tenure job that you've ever had? Right now, it'll be seven years, December 1. That's yeah, that's a long time, isn't it? Yeah. No, it is. But if you look at what uh, Sager said, uh, or Sagar, my apologies if Sager. I mispronounced it. Sagar. Sagar right there. Um, Carlisle was third. He had one title. Stott, you know what? You know the coach that never made any sense to me why he was not let go before he was, was Terry Stotts. Like, what did Terry Stotts do in Portland to deserve to stay there as long as he did? Nothing. He did. I'll answer that question for you. Not a thing. Not a thing. He deserved yeah. to. He, they should have let him go. Even when he made it to the Western Conference Finals, they got torched by the that Warriors. That was probably his best. That was probably his best year. No, no for sure. But then he gets destroyed, and it takes a lot. Just like but the, they did Toronto. have a lead in every one of those games in the Western Conference Finals. That four they, year, that four game sweep. They did have a lead. In, I, I feel like that series is a lot closer than just a 4-0 sweep. And they all did that without Nurkic, too. They did that whole uh, Western... They did that whole playoff run without one of their key players in Nurkic. Sure. So, so I think, you know, that's the thing is, I feel like Stotts did just enough every time his contract was up to warrant one more year or one more contract. And it got to a point where, you know, it's just, you've taken the team as far as you can and it's time to move on. And... You know, we'll never know the true realization behind uh, Carlisle's departure. The only person that really, truly knows why he departed is Rick Carlisle and um, and his family. And I think that and we don't need to know every detail behind why he chose to leave. I'm sure it's more than just the dysfunction within the Mavs currently. You know, it, it's and maybe also part of it is because the Boston job is available or because Milwaukee might be available because Indiana's available. He's coached in Indiana before he's had success in Indiana. He won a title as a player in Boston. So I think that also might be part of it is, you know, there's just a greener grass elsewhere. And sure. that's totally okay. And yes, uh, I'm totally with it's you. I want to get a new challenge. I do want to go back to, I want to put this on the table. And in no way, shape, or form am I saying this would ever happen. I'm asking you, would you do this deal? Okay. If the Rockets get the number one pick and they put that number one pick, essentially it's Kate Cunningham, they put Eric, not Eric Gordon, they put Christian Wood and they put, yeah, let's say Eric Gordon to help match salaries. And part of this deal is Lucas signs the Supermax 
with us or he signs it and then he gets traded to us. Would you do that type of deal for Luka Doncic? Before you answer, as phenomenal a talent as Luka Doncic is, this is in his very short NBA career, this is a guy who has never made it out of the first round. It's important to note. It's an aspect of his game that incredible talent, but he's been in the league long enough now. He should have made it out of the first round. There's no reason they shouldn't have won that that first-round series. That's unacceptable. So putting that type of deal, Christian Wood, the number one pick, and then salary filler, and then we take back whatever we need to to make it work. Would well, you, Jeremy Brenner? would actually be pretty close to matching. But yeah, here's, would you do here's that thing about Luca. I honestly think if, like, let's just say Mike D'Antoni is the coach there next year. We, we know Mike D'Antoni. I think Luca's the MVP. Like, let's, let's get that. I think Luca. Depending on who his coach is next year, it will be the MVP. In fact, also, I think if if M- if Mike D'Antoni goes to Portland, I think Dame's the MVP next year too. Like, I really truly think that Dame and Luca could be in some MVP race next season. Uh, I I'm gonna be like totally honest there. So I'll say this: with the Rockets, I would love to have Luca as a talent. However, you have to keep in mind if the Rockets have success with Luca, it's not gonna come until a few years down the line because the the team around Luca would not be good enough to make it past the second round. I think the second round is the absolute highest ceiling with the current team you would be able to build around Luca with with the Rockets and what they currently have. Like we got to keep in mind the Rockets were the worst team in the NBA this year and it wasn't that close. So that is my issue is the timeline for the Rockets is not now. It, it honestly, the the peak timeline for the Rockets is ten years from now. I truly think we could get to a point where the Rockets might be like dynasty level because they're going to have so many high picks, and it could start as early as this year. It that's why it's so important for it to start this year because if you're able to, if you don't have to swap that pick with Oklahoma City this year you start off with guys that will eventually turn into their prime in the middle of the decade. And then in the middle of the decade, you get those unprotected first round picks from Brooklyn. And then you have the opportunity to trade those picks and get uh, another player to pair up with Cade. And then you create this super team monster with guys that you've drafted and traded for, or you draft super talented guys with those picks and then you have prolonged success for years to come like like Boston has like Boston barely had any kind of rebuild they were not they were never like a truly bad team and in fact I think they were a lottery team like a year or two ago and I don't think we're gonna end up so that's the thing is if the Luka trade like we're not getting Luka we're not getting Luka I don't want that to continue running through the the discourse of Rockets Twitter. I really don't want that to happen because it's not possible. He has not requested a trade. Even if he does, Mark Cuban's probably not going to allow it. And if he does allow it, he's not going to trade him to freaking Houston. In fact, he's probably going to trade him to Oklahoma City. That's probably where he would go because they can offer the most picks. And that's that's a very ideal location for him. Or it'd be somewhere in the Eastern Conference. But... I think this is a good place to park the rocket ship for now. We have one of our biggest shows coming up of the whole entirety of the Dream Take history, the small history that we have, but it is Draft Lottery Night on Tuesday. It is so important, and we have some good luck. We have Akeem Olajuwon uh, representing us. We have 
in the 20, what is it, 27 year anniversary of that 94 championship, also on Tuesday. How, like, perfect is that? Like, that is, to me, you have a former number one pick from your franchise representing you on the anniversary of when he won his first championship for the franchise. That has to happen. So, we're going to break this down all live here on Spotify Green Room. And we're going to start the show at 7 p.m., 30 minutes before the actual lottery. We're going to have everyone up on stage that wants to come up on stage. We're just going to talk about whatever we kind of want. We're going to steer it more towards Rocket stuff and all of that. But then when the draft lottery happens, we're going to react live to it. Um, we might record it just to see, uh, you know, and, and post it later. But then afterwards, we'll have our deep dive reaction podcast. And it'll, it's going to be a fun night, hopefully. Uh, it could also be a really bad night. Mike's Mike, Mike's either going to be really happy or really uh, not. So either way, you're going to want to tune in. So For sure. to uh, follow us on the Dream Take and Dream Shake SBN on Twitter so that you get all of those updates. And be sure to also head to the DreamShake.com home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. You can also uh, follow my co-pilot, Mr. Michael Brown, on Twitter at BSW Podcast underscore MB. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. Special thanks to Micah from our uh, from our sister site over at Cowboys Ride for Free. She was our Kate Cunningham expert. Go follow her on Twitter. She dropped it in the middle of the episode. I want to say her Twitter is MicahAllen18. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Uh, yes, MicahAllen18. That's M-I-C-A-H Allen18. We're super excited. So I hope you guys come live at 7 p.m. Central Time for the Draft Lottery Watch Party here on Spotify Green Room. And thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of The Dream Take. Until next time, go Rockets!